Unleash the fury as Bruno returns again. Welcome back to the FPL Surgery. Hello FPL Surgery listeners. On the show this week we will talk about Bruno Fernandez. Is it worth getting him in or are those fixtures too tough? Dominic Calvert-Lewin scores again like a turd that won't flush. How many players do you need in your team for blank game week 28? Wolves formation 3-4-3 versus 3-5-2 and the consequences for FPL. And the old age debate of form versus fixtures. We also talk about Vardy's blank again and his great upcoming fixtures. And Aubameyang bracing and is the second most transfer played in, despite a blank coming up the next game week. Okay, welcome back listeners to the 163rd episode of the FPL Surgery Podcast. We are recording on Monday the 24th of February 2020. Iceman here again, welcoming back my Norwegian friend Stefan. Welcome back to you Stefan, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing fine, James. This time around, I got to watch the Liverpool game without you spoiling the results, so I'm pretty happy. <laughs> That's true. Stefan is referencing last week when he asked me and the guest Davey not to mention the Liverpool Champions League score to him. You were recording it, and you wanted to watch the second half, didn't you? Yeah. And then we got back, what, from the Iceman's piss break, and then I read something from Twitter that said, Arsenal are the only team in Europe not to have lost a game in 2020, which is still true, I think. Yeah. Uh, and totally by accident, I let it slip that Liverpool lost, but I saved you a whole half of football with no goals, so you should be thanking me, really. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, 45 exactly. minutes on misery, I think that yeah, was. Yeah, it would have been, it would have been, yeah. Anyway, this week's guest has four finishes in FPL within the top 1,000, and his highest being 604th, has finished 70th in the Sky game, the fancy Sky game, and is 111th in FF Scout Hall of Fame records. Welcome back to the podcast, Abdul, aka FPL Salah. Welcome back, mate. Hi, guys. Good to, have, good to be on. Yeah, nice, nice to have you back on. How are you doing this season so far? Uh, so I think I'm, I'm doing okay. I mean, I had a terrible start the season. I was like, wishing like in like 500,000 to 300,000 for a while. But the last five, six game weeks um, have been pretty good. So like as of now, I'm 85k. Oh, um, so yeah. I've been highest I've been all season. So it seems to be like peaking at the right time. So hopefully the green, ar- green arrows continue. Yeah, yeah, hopefully. You're also well-renowned for your clean sheet and betting odds, aren't you? You nicely display them on Twitter each week. I do, yeah, yeah. It's going fine. I mean, I've obviously, as I mentioned earlier, I couldn't do them this week because I was, I was away on holiday. So I only got back last night. So, yeah, been going good. I mean, I've, 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 I use them quite, I mean, I use them quite extensively just to kind of research and that. Yeah, do you, do you um, follow them religiously? Like, you know, all the clean sheet and betting odds, do you really follow them in terms of captain choices and, and such? I wouldn't say captain choices because obviously the anytime goal scorer was, obviously it's just for goal scoring, so it doesn't take into account um, assists at the that midfielders score obviously more points for scoring goal, but um, it's, it's definitely something that um, it's, just, it's just something I really look at just to kind of get an overview of who's uh, you know, kind of who's at the top, yeah. and um, you know when I'm maybe looking at transfers. I'd, I'd say the clean sheets I, I follow a bit more religiously than the actual end-time goal scorers because with the clean sheets, um, probably 99% of the time, if I've got like a a 50-50 decision or 
or like 60-40 and I'll, I'll, I'll just go with the highest clean sheet ratio uh, yeah. in bookies yeah. um, just kind of save yourself from all that kind of uh, you know, yeah it does help sometimes the stats to make the difference for the decisions we have to make but right, let, let's first uh, let's briefly discuss how we actually got on this gaming so I'm going to come back to you Abdul how are you getting on so far what did you finish on in the end I finished on I finished on 60p after the bonus after Trent gets his uh, three bonus so yeah 60 points um, I think it's a green arrow up, and up to about uh, I'm, I'm not sure I think live FPL I usually check that um, you know for the, but for some reason yeah. it's uh, working at the moment so I think it'll probably put me up to about 75k I think 76k up to now just check Oh yeah, seventy six k. Yeah, doing well. You've got that ten k in your reach. Good gaming. Who did you captain, and who did you bring in? Um, I captained Salah, but I, I didn't make any transfers this week, so I had two for obviously the blank game week twenty eight. Um, so I had a quite a decent team. I had a really good team on paper actually. I was kind of expecting a lot more from certain players, but um, yeah, I didn't make any transfers. Captain Salah, but I've got two free transfers going into twenty eight. Yeah, and we'll hear what you're going to do with that later at the end of the pod. Uh, Stefan, how did... What have you finished on? Yeah, I'm uh, finishing on 57 points, and I had to spend both my three transfers since the some injury occurred. Oh, and yeah. uh, I, I got the chance to get back Martial, and I also got in Jimenez. And those transfers are pretty good. Unfortunately... I sold Mope the game he scored, which is pretty typical, I guess. He was I'm good to uh, it was good to get him out of my team anyway. My main decision last week was spending those two free transfers. It left me in a pickle because I had twelve players I really wanted to play, <laughs> so I, I had to bench one of Bolly, Grealish, Vardy, or Ender Stevens. And I debated this for like two days and spent all my dreaming at night and everything <laughs> to figure out. I was making charts and writing reasonings, and I ended up with benching Stevens. And so I benched, a, I benched the wrong, I benched the wrong one of the four. But yeah, these mean, things happen. Sometimes it's just not predicted, really. I just think that it's just a little bit unlucky. Yeah, he hasn't scored. He hasn't scored all season, has he? Or has he got the one goal? Yeah, he has two goals now. So two goals now. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, when can you predict he's going to score another? Just Fardy hitting the post as well, so yeah. know, he could have been in, in, in the winning on that particular decision, but never mind, onwards and upwards, I guess. Yeah, it's still a green arrow, so my green arrow streak is continuing, and I'm happy with that. Yeah, where are you at overall again, sorry? Uh, I think I'm up to 142k or That's something. Still progressing, still progressing. 145, I think. Ah, nice. yeah, well, my game week has gone quite well, I suppose. I'm a little bit gutted about not having TAA all season, and it just shows that when you've got the option to get someone like TAA, you should just do it, because otherwise you won't be able to get him just because you're putting out fires all over the place for the remainder of the season, because I could have done it on my first wildcard, and I didn't. Uh, but yeah, gone quite well. I captain Salah. I didn't make a transfer this week, but... I've been away all weekend with the Mrs. family, but I actually drove home to Aubameyang Brace, which was lovely. So I've gone up a few thousand places, I think, as well. I think I'm up to about 400. Right, moving on. So I'm just going to mention our patrons. Firstly, thank you to all of our patrons, you brilliant people. The Renegade Master has joined at the Slack level, so welcome aboard to him, and thank you for your pledge. Also, to mention every week, Andy Portlock, Vince Poyle, and Ron Frost, pledging at the highest tier. Extra special mention each week for them okay let's get back to the headlines then 
Number one, Bruno Fernandes. Worth getting him in even with tough fixtures. Right, so let's give a quick overview of the new player to the league that is constantly returning so far with two assists and one goal. He's 25, 47 million signing from Sporting Lisbon and he's helped United move up to fifth now. So before he came to United this season was actually on a run of 15 goals and 14 assists in 27 appearances. So that's over a return of game which he has carried on to the Premiership. He's got 20 goals and 13 assists last year, which was uh, attacking return per game. So he's 8.2 million at the moment. I mean, if we're judging it from that price on last season, you get five points per goal and three points for assists. He'll be on 139 points with no bonus or clean sheet bonus added. So yeah, he is doing really well. You raised this then, Abdul. You're a United fan. What do you know about him? What do you like about him? Um, I do obviously the stats that you mentioned. He has got phenomenal, like a goal scoring and assist ratio, and also coming from Sporting. I mean, I know Ma- Manchester United are, are quite bad at the moment, but I still think obviously Sporting aren't as good a team as Man United in their current state. So yeah, he's getting those types of returns in like a lesser team. I know obviously it's a, probably a weaker league as well, but um, I did feel that he would hit the ground running. You know, when he came to Manchester United, uh, just because of like. You know, he's, he's on all set pieces, he shoots a lot, um, he's always active. He's, I mean, he's, he is a top player, so saying that, I haven't, I haven't bought him in. I did I did plan to bring him in this week for, for KDB, so it was quite annoying he went on that wee haul. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised um, he started off this way. Yeah, you, you do think he's going to continue then like with, with what he's doing at United? Do you think United are going to still provide him the chances, etc., and carry on? Yeah, I think, um, I mean, I, I don't see why not. I think he's one of those types of players where, um, you know, he, he makes things happen. You yeah. know, he'll get an assist from the corner. And, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll score. He'll provide assists. I mean, being on all set pieces. And I think, obviously, he's, as we saw against, who did they play? Uh, Watford? Yeah, like he's on penalties as well. So, I mean, that's, that's up to stock even more, hasn't it, really? Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's on free kicks as well, corners. So, he's got all set pieces by the looks of it. I, I did have a quick look at his stats as well. Ten shots, uh, only two in the box, though. But seven cr- chances created as well just in three games. Yeah, pretty pretty good. What's not to like, really? But I suppose maybe Ole Gunnar Solskjaer managing him and the players around him. Maybe you need to be a bit wary. Stefan, what, what are your thoughts on Bruno? Yeah, I think it's a good good pick, but I have more of a question. How do you rate Bruno compared to Martial? Yeah, that is a better question, isn't it? Martial playing because, out of position. Yeah, I just brought in Martial back in, and I didn't have the option to go for Bruno because I was had the exact cash. But I still thought, think I would have picked Martial just because he's out of position and he's playing up top. And it's tough to see how a player that's deeper can provide the same value. But yeah. uh, but, that, but then again, Bruno was much better as a, his game was much better versus Watford than Martial, and maybe the set pieces make up for it. And the, the penalty was extremely well taken, and he's gonna he's, he's gonna score his penalties, I think. Yeah, he does look like uh, he. The problem I've got with him is he actually takes a very similar penalty to uh, Jorginho, so I don't really like that. It's I, I prefer like you know his own method. It just kind of looks too. Similar for me. He's great though. Yeah, he's he still just, better, is it? 
Just wait out the goalkeeper and puts it in the empty goal. Yeah, I thought I'd actually take a look into this a little bit further. further. I know it's only one player, but I thought I'd take a look see if he, he's made a sudden change to United stats as a team. But there's no difference. The, the game week's 25 to 27 since Bruno joined. They're actually under for all stats apart from goals comparing to the previous three and on average the previous games before in the season. So maybe he hasn't actually changed anything about how United play but the problem is United are able to digress back to the norm of you don't really know what to expect from game to game so I mean it all looks promising for him as a player he takes all set pieces on pens has been returning stats are good I would recommend him but just kind of be wary that United could turn United on us if you know what I mean but Abdul you own Martial already are you thinking, you said you wanted to bring Bruno in as well? Yeah, yeah. So this is what I was thinking. I mean, I've got Martial. I mean, I was still thinking about bringing Bruno in, but like just uh, thinking about, obviously, the way KDB played against two, two game weeks ago, you know, getting the goal and assist. I mean, that, that was the game week. Obviously, this was before City played. That was the game week I kind of decided I'm going to bring Bruno in, double up on United. You know, because he's got a fixture in 28 as well. But uh, obviously, KDB with that performance kind of put me off a bit. Um, I, I don't like doubling up on midfielders from the same team, apart from if it's Mane or Salah. I just, I just don't see another option. Son's injured. Um, I've got, I've got Grealish, who obviously is, I might get rid of as well. And um, I mean, there's no, there's no Chelsea midfielders really that stick out. I mean, the only other one that I do see worthy of consideration is Richarlison. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm thinking of actually bringing him in this week as well. So, so I've actually got two two spots open. So, yeah. So apart from Richarlison, I don't see another option. So it's either keep KDB, just um, with Martial, and uh, you know go with Richarlison. Um, I, again, the only thing the thing that is putting me off is is a double up on my United. And they have got obviously a really tough run coming up in the next three games, so that's that's a dilemma I'm in at the moment. So no, no love for Madison. When I was looking at this question, if Bruno Fernandes mm. was worth getting in, I thought, okay, you got one guy in form with tough fixtures, and you got Madison, who's basically the same kind of player as Bruno. He has on all set pieces, and he he's pretty much similar. He takes shots from longer ranges, good on the BPS, and uh, he has the better fixtures. So for me. I might have went towards Madison uh, if if faced with a choice between him and Bruno. I'm not sure, though. It's just the form thing, isn't it? He's really not been providing anything since game week 21, so you can kind of understand why people are wary, but it's all about predicting how well they're going to do in these fixtures. They do look tasty for Leicester, and they didn't look terrible against City, so... Yeah, I'm back in that. He's got 13 chances created, which is third to Grealish and De Bruyne over the last four game weeks. So yeah, he's still producing good numbers, and as you mentioned, on free kicks. So he's he's probably due, is what we were saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think um, if you're looking at Madison, you could probably look at Barnes as well. He's obviously been on a kind of hot one at the moment. So that's another one I was looking at for my Grealish replacement, and I think obviously his his underlying stats um, have been have been quite phenomenal in the past. Like, I think it's five, six game weeks. So I think Barnes is one to look at as well. If you're, if you're looking at Madison, yeah. um, a lot cheaper as well at six million. Yeah, potential yep. with Barnes. And he has been playing well on the eye test. I haven't seen much of him, but I took a look at his numbers as well. Seven attempts in the last four, six in the box. Yeah, not bad, but not brilliant. I mean, the likes of Antonio's got 10 attempts in the last four. 
I mean, he might be going under the radar a little bit just because he plays for West Ham. But if people are flocking towards Barnes, and it's actually a suggestion by Mikel Topfam to for me to bring into my team, and I'm still I'm in an iron about it. I'm not fully set on it at the moment. But you, you like Barnes, don't you, Stefan? Yeah, I think I okay, of course he was benched versus City, but I think that was a very tactical reason. He just wanted to crowd the midfield and try to stave off Manchester City. Yeah. But for the game against Norwich, and we will probably get some early team news in that game as well, so you can wait on bringing him in until you see that he's in the starting shout. 11. Yeah, good shout. I mean, um, I think you need to look at the... I think what I'm looking at as well is his fixtures coming up. The next four are, like, pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, he's got Norwich, then Villa, Watford away, then uh, Brighton at home. And for six million, I mean, I don't see any like kind of. I mean, obviously with the as you said with the city benching, but I think again, as you said, that was tactical. But I mean, look at his uh, kind of stats. He's you pretty much get you know like in the last kind of four game weeks, he's, he's played almost ninety minutes. He got subbed in the eighty second minute against um, West Ham in game week twenty four. So he seems to be getting the minutes. Um, yeah. And um, yeah, as I said, I mean, to be fair, I didn't actually consider Madison at all. Um, as I said, I've only been kind of, I've only kind of looked at FPL last night kind of. Back, but um, yeah, he's a, he's a good show. I'll have a look at yeah. that bit and see and see what, what what the situation is. Yeah, he's kind of due some points. I, I'm almost tempted myself, actually. Yeah. yeah. The but, other the other thing about Barnes is uh, when I was watching the Leicester games lately, and being a Vardy owner, I of course want Vardy to get the ball all the time. But the thing with Barnes is he has to pretty much shoot first mentality. He's a bit annoying when he <laughs> he wants him he wants him to pass. Yeah. Yeah, so that's a good thing for FPL. He, he takes the shots. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we kind of digress there from Bruno a little bit, but just talking about the other assets in within that area. Let's move on to headline number two then. So Dominic Calvert-Lewin scores again against my Arsenal. Like the turd that won't flush, Abdul. Yeah. Why, I mean, is, why is he the turd that won't flush? You want him in or? Yeah, I mean, I see what I made a decision. Um, I think, you know, it was about five, six game weeks ago. And I was going to bring him in for uh, Danny Ings when he got. I think it was when he got benched for Liverpool, and we got early team news. It was in one of the midweek games, hmm. and I decided not to, um, and just play Kelly instead. And uh, basically, from there, he's just been he's just been scoring, scoring, scoring. And I mean, a lot of people got rid of Vardy, um, you know, for him as well, and he's just totally outscored Vardy. So, has been quite annoying. Um, I have thought once or twice about getting him in again, but I've just really not had the um, opportunity really and he, he's I think he's quite highly owned now at 25% in, in the top 10k mm. yeah so he is just really annoying and <laughs> and it's really more annoying that his his next three fixtures are quite tough as well so as you're saying in the headlines like the, you know the form versus fixtures thing so it's something that um, I'll need to consider but I mean I've got I've got a front line of um, of Ardy, Ings and Jimenez so I really can't justify getting him even, even now um, no, you can't. No, it's difficult. I mean, we've got FPL Clasco. He's asking a question. Everton's attack seems to ignore the FDR, so we probably have to do the same. Owning, so he owns Vardy, Jimenez, and Ings, and he doesn't see a way to bring in Dominic Cavalier. I mean, you've got three great strikers there that can score any week, really, and it's difficult to bring in a player when they have got tough fixtures. I, I have been looking at his stats though, like. 
his stats have just I've shouted them out a few times on a few pods now but he's yeah. still keeping them up and over the last four for strikers he's now first so he's above the likes of Aguero for attempts on goal and 16 shots in the box again he's top 15 big chances he's actually equal with Firmino on six even over the last six as well he's he's top for big chances on 10 so he could have had probably should have had two goals against Arsenal as well so, yeah, he seems to be scoring there and Ancelotti has just really put faith in him and he's he's kind of grabbing it by the scruff of the neck and going with it. What do you reckon, Stefan? Well, since we have uh, Abdullah and he usually posts the odds uh, for goal scoring and clean sheet and whatever, so I think we can use that on Calvert-Lewin. It is more likely that he won't keep his run going than it is that uh, he actually keeps his run going. Mm. So I think you just have to trust in trust in the odds and trust in tougher opposition. And I don't see any. I don't think you should sell guys like Ings, Jimenez, Vardy, Aubameyang. You don't need to sell sell those kind of guys to get in Calvert Lewin. If you have more pay, you can you can buy Calvert Lewin. But the interesting thing is, say if you have more pay, do you bring in a guy like Calvert Lewin or do you bring in a guy like Shota? Mm. Because, because then again, you have one guy who is not blanking and who has a lot easier fixtures. So again, the form versus fixture, and maybe Jota is even more informed than Calvert Lewin also. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, let's quickly answer the question from FPL Clasico here. Yeah. Do you think Richarlson can cover him? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't really kind of, um, I don't believe in players covering other players. I mean, I think if you've got like a player like, um, you know. I mean, I think with with DCL and Richarlison, the two different types of players. I mean, they both and they're both scoring. So I think when they are like both scoring, there's no harm in kind of bringing bringing them both in. I mean, I mean, people kind of I think at the start of the season were trying to cover like KDB or Aguero with Mares, and mm-hmm. it didn't really work. Out. Uh, I mean, you've, when you've got like elite players, you know, I mean, they're hard to cover. Um, I mean, yeah. I'm not saying like kind of DCL or Richarlison are elite, but. Um, when, they're, when they're on form and they're scoring, um, I don't kind of believe in like you know because you've got one of them, don't bring the other one in. Um, I mean, if they're if they're scoring, they're scoring. Just I mean, kind of see them more as like you know assets really rather than players from the same team that are bringing in points. So yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't really look at you know co- coverage in yeah. that sense when they're looking at players. No. Yeah, but. Everton have been producing quite a lot recently. They are second behind Man City over the last six game weeks for big chances, well, big chances total. And the chances they're creating have been up as well. They're like, you know, Ancelotti has made quite a lot of difference there. What, what do you reckon then? You can't cover Dominic Cavalier with Richardson, can you, Stefan? I don't think so. And if you look at the last six games you just mentioned, that that, that was Brighton, West Ham, Newcastle, Watford yeah. and Crystal Palace before Arsenal. So the thing you're saying is they have been good since they have had a lot of easy opponents. Yeah. And now they're having tougher opponents. Those numbers should turn around in the opposite direction. Yeah, I agree with that. M- most likely. Okay, let's move on to headline number three then. So how many players do you think you need for Blank Game Week 28? So we had a question from Matt from Slack just saying how many players is enough for Game Week 28? So what do you reckon, Stefan? How many do you need? I think the answer to this one for me is as many as you can have without taking a lot of hits. Yeah. 
because playing your free hit in this game week is a no-go anyways for me. So if you've got nine players and you have one free transfer, okay, you can spend that one and field 10. That's okay. So what and about I, taking a hit? Because some people see it as like a, a minus two instead of a minus four because they assume that they're going to get that player is going to get that two points for appearance points. Yeah, it's a it's a complicated question, but the thing is, if I got eleven players and you need to take a hit to get eleven, I'm gaining four points on you. So that's how I see it. The thing, also the other thing to say about hits is, I don't like a hit for a cheap player. Don't take a hit for a five million player. Take a hit for the eight million player or the ten million player. Make some use of the money because you're you're shifting fewer points with cheaper players. Yeah, good point. And Abdul. Your thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, just because of the number of, I mean, there, there's there's four teams not playing, so I I don't see. I mean, if you've kind of planned and prepared for this, I mean, I don't see why you shouldn't have eleven players this game week. I mean, even if it's like playing somebody like Dendonker, I think um, you know should be able to get eleven out quite easily. And in terms of hits, I kind of agree on um, Stefan's point regarding like you know cheap players. Uh, I mean, if you've if you've got like a, a premium, I mean, if you if you're getting rid of De Bruyne, you know, then it's probably worth it. Um, obviously, you know, you're you're probably looking at only getting rid of him for a few weeks anyway. Um, you know, until maybe his fixtures pick up. Mm-hmm. Uh, terms of rotation as well. Um, but yeah, most who plan for this will be able to get 11. As Stefan said, as many as possible, but uh, go for the full for the full 11. Yeah, I don't think I've got anything more to add to that. Anything more that you guys need to add on that one or should we move on to the next one? Yeah, you can move on. The, yeah. the only thing I could say, I could if, it, if I had Aguero this game week and I wanted to relocate all that money and set me up better for the future game weeks, I could have taken a hit, I guess. Yeah. To redistribute, redistribute the fun. Yeah. That's fair yeah. enough, yeah. What was if you got Aubameyang, though? Well, you should just bench him, right? <laughs> yeah. Wait for the West Ham fixture. Yeah, he's got West Ham, so it's three goals, surely. Yeah, we'll see. But the thing about Aubameyang is if you just bench him now and play the free hit in 31, you are getting three plum fixtures from him. Yeah, yeah. But that'll be the, the free hit, and that'll mean you have to play it, whereas I'm still wanting to save my chances, but I may be forced into it anyway. We will see. We'll, we'll talk about that more. Right, so let's move on to headline number four, then. Wolves formations, 3-4-3 three, three versus 3-5-2, three, and the consequences for FPL. You kind of raised this one, Stefan. I'm going to let you take the lead on what does it mean for FPL and Wolves and what players to have. Yeah, the thing about a couple of weeks ago, Traore was the hottest hottest item in town, but something changed at the end of the Espanyol game. With about 30 minutes left, then Donker came on for said Traore. I think Traore went off. Uh, they switched to a 3-5-2 formation, the same formation they used uh, early on in this season and at the tail end of last season. Yeah, they did, yeah. And it was in this formation, I, I remember I picked Jota in game week one this season, thinking and hoping that he would carry on his form from the spring. But it didn't, he didn't, and Wolves had more success with a 3-4-3 formation, a formation which didn't suit Jota that well, but it suited Traore really good. Also, Doherty didn't, wasn't great in the 3-4-3 formation. But suddenly now he switched back, and that means basically for right wing back you need to play either Doherty or Traore. Or Traore. So we have Traore as a reverse out of position kind of guy. Uh, is he still attacking, but not that attacking? 
Or he will play Traore up top with Jimenez, but that means Jota is left out. And in Jota's form right now, I don't think he can be left out. So it's an interesting thing, because if he carry on with this 3-4-3-5-2 formation, I think Traore is suddenly not that great an asset anyway. The counterpoint to this is, what if this formation switch is just because Traore is car- carrying this in- injury? Yeah. And he's struggling in his shoulder. And, and he played it in the it uh, didn't ma- Europa League as well. Yeah, and it didn't make this tactical change. He just wanted to rest Traore, and that seemed to fit him better. So that's the counterpoint. But I think we see some tendencies towards uh, him slightly switching back formations, and that could be a bad thing for Traore. Yes, yeah. so we had we had a question here from Mark H from our Slack has just put what to do with Traore second benching in a row and looks like changing formation, which would mean he's not guaranteed starter from now on. Abdul, what were your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean it's quite worrying as a it would be quite worrying as a Traore owner. Um, to be fair, I think I don't think any of us really know what the situation is. As Stefan just said, I mean whether it's due to his his injury that they change the formation or whether you know it's like a like a permanent thing. Um, nobody knows. I mean, I, th- I did think it was quite weird that he was benched, um, you know, like twice in a row. I mean, I think him coming off the bench in the first game, you'd think, okay, you know, his he's going to start the next game. He's getting over his injury, so I'm kind of leaning more towards the fact that you know maybe, as I say, if it's not broke, don't fix it. So they seem to be doing quite well in this new formation. Maybe Traore is just a kind of victim of, of that, really. But I really can't make any. I, I mean, I wouldn't make, be making any kind of you know certain assumptions on it. I think just wait and see. I mean, if you've if you've got him, I think you probably just need to hold on and hope for now. Um, obviously, if you don't, obviously he's not an option. Really, if if you've not got him, then kind of swerve definitely. But yeah, I mean it's it's quite an uncertain situation. Really, I think obviously we need just need a bit more time, maybe a few more games, and then we'll probably know uh, what the situation is and what what Nuno's thinking. Really, yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I've got him, so I'm, I'm going to hold him. I'm not, you know, I'm not urgent to move out. I've got kind of other things that I've got to do with my team this week anyway, but. Almost does in this formation. I do think Tohati becomes more of an option. He did get the assist in the last game. Should have had a goal. Just and now, but his place is now under threat, isn't it? Do you reckon that he's going to lose out to Traore in, in some games? He might might do, but uh, I think that position is Doherty's to to lose. His he's been great in that position, and the last whole last season he played that position pretty much every game, and he was just immense. Yeah. Uh, the, the the thing is, a lot of guys will have to choose this game week. Say they have Grealish, which pretty much half of the players uh, at least have. Uh, this is pretty much looking like a good game week to get Traore, right? To set yourself up better for game week 31. Yeah. Uh, what what they're gonna do? Are they gonna not get Traore this this game week? Got get someone else? It's it's hard, isn't it? If you if you're looking to bring him in, you know that he's been benched last two games. It is a worry, but it could be just due to the injury and just kind of go for it. But there's more of a risk element behind it. So if you do bring him in and he doesn't play, then you look a fool. Um, we, we did have some questions here. Jeff Holt is actually saying, how many Wolves players are needed and which ones? And can Jota cover Jimenez? Do you think Jota has become an option? You mentioned he looks in form now, Stefan. But when you say in form, what was he just got the... He got the two goals in the last game and he got a hat-trick recently. Was that in the Europa? Yeah. Yeah, so... And they pretty much exploded after they changed to the 3-5-2. Last year. Last year, they did actually look good when they changed it, and he actually looked good towards the end of the season, as you mentioned as well. Yeah, but so the thing is, with, with Jota, I think, because um, 
said playing time. I mean, even okay, got two goals and assists, but came off came off in the sixty third minute. Seems to be um, seems to get hooked quite early. Yeah, yeah, that would worry me worry me quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, looking at, him, I think, I think looking at him, that, that would probably write him off immediately. Um, I think I'd just pay the extra for for him and it uh, personally. I think if and you also- haven't got the money, you can probably go there. I think he is an option because I think he's still gonna get game time. Sorry, Stefan, carry on. No, uh, it's pretty much back to the question. If you do want 90 minutes from Calvert-Lewin with tough games, or you want 60, 70 minutes from Jota. Oh, yeah. And and Wolves are also basically through in the Europa League, so it might be more rotation. But the thing that is certain to me at this point is I don't think both Traore and Jota can be good picks. One of them is going to miss out yeah. somewhere. Yeah, I agree. So who, who are the the best options from Wolves then? Abdul, who who do you think are the best three options? And how many do you need from Wolves? I mean, I'd say the best three, obviously Jimenez, I'd say, at the top. Yeah. Um, obviously, as you said, if you if you can't stretch to him, then your hot is not a bad replacement at all. And I think, obviously, with the midfield option, you're, you're probably looking at the defenders, Doherty, Saiz, Bowley. I mean, I, I'd, I'd say if, if you're looking at the top three uh, going forward, I'd, I mean... I wouldn't rule out a double defence, you know, uh, Bolly and Saiz, uh, you know, Bolly, Doherty, or just any of the three, really, because they, they all seem to be good for attacking in terms as well. I mean, Bolly likes a goal, Doherty is just like pretty much playing as a winger, and, and Saiz is, you know, kind of picking up assists as well. So, yeah, I'd, I'd say Jimenez, and then Doherty, and then one of either Bolly or Saiz. Yeah, Stefan? Yeah, I agree completely. The double defence is more intriguing given the circumstances. Yeah, you you were the first person I heard to shout Sice, and obviously he's returned this week with an eleven pointer. He got a bit lucky in that last game, though, didn't he? And yeah. I, I've had a look at his stats over the last four; only three chances created. He has got more attempts than the likes of Bolly, though. He's had six attempts over the last four. But yeah, he, he looks decent price at four point four for that Wolves defense. He looks like he's going to carry on starting. Yeah, I think size is nailed. The big thing is size got the assist, but I think it like it was like twenty centimeters or a few inches away mm-hmm. from Bolly getting that tap in instead of Jota. So yeah, small things, big yeah. results. Yeah, true. Yeah, I was just gonna say. I mean, if you if you've got the money, um, then you know Doherty is a no-brainer um, over over both. Of them. But I think obviously if you're short, then um, you know they're good replacements. But I mean, yeah, I, I would aim to you know definitely get Doherty in if you can. I still I still think that he, there is a potential for him to be subbed out for trial right now. Yeah, yeah. I guess you get subbed off with a clean sheet. I'm not be too bothered but uh yeah i mean yeah there is definitely that risk but i mean if you just look at his his playing i mean he's he's played 90 full minutes um pretty much every game um you know for, for half the like the last half of the season so i don't know yeah i've just got something in the back of my head reminding me that that he was doing that last year and then suddenly he got benched didn't start a game and then everyone was like what is going on i just remember that from last year but yeah i might just be yeah we're not evidence of that this season so until that actually happens i wouldn't look kind of too much into it uh, me personally but yeah i mean it is, it is certain, certainly a point that it is certainly a good point that you raise yeah. I mean, it could be it could be kind of under threat. Right, I'm going to move it on to the uh, last headline then. So, age-old debate, form versus fixtures. So, we had FPL Renegade Master, new Slack member. Welcome again, Renegade. Should we hold on to Grealish? He blanks in 28 and then has some tough fixtures. And who are the main alternatives if we decide to move on? Happy Grealish. Um, yeah, I mean, this is something that I've been obviously kind of contemplating and I think I'm pretty certain 
um, about getting rid of him. He's been phenomenal this season, FPL-wise and obviously kind of in real life as well for his team. Um, but obviously, he's, he's blanking in 28 and he's got kind of really tough set of games coming up, you know. I mean, like the kind of next 10 games. I mean, if you look at the FDR on, on FPL, I mean, it's a kind of sea of reds. Yeah. Um, you don't take that too seriously, but he still does have tough games coming up. And uh, I think when you've got kind of replacements like, um, and as, I was, as I mentioned, Burns earlier. Um, yeah. Fernandez as well. Yeah. yeah, I think for me, just with the replacements that um, I can replace him with, he's, I think his stats have been, I think he's had one shot on target in the last four and like uh, zero big chances. So, um, you know, his, his stats kind of seem to have took a, a nosedive as well. So, yeah, uh, I think he's, for me, he's definitely one that will probably go. In, in the last four matches, Grealish has had 10 shots on goal, seven in the box, one on target. Yeah, you are correct. Uh, I, was, I was waiting for more numbers there after starting off at 10. But, yeah, he's not doing too too well for shots on target. What about you then, um, Stefan? You've got Grealish, haven't you? Yep, and I think I'm going to sell him. It was always the plan, and the, the big question for me is who I am selling him for. I think with the blank gimmick now and Leicester Chelsea, he might get a game in game week 31 against Newcastle, but that could be sold with a free hit if you if you really want him back for that game. Other than that, he has some tough fixtures, and he'll probably come back in my team when it comes to the double game weeks later on. But for this point, I, th- I think I need, uh, basically, I need to make a transfer to field 11 men in this game week. And I think there is some good options in Grealish's price range. Who, who are the options that you, you are looking at? Well, the the option, not thinking too far ahead, is Barnes for me. I think he's, he's on paper the, the best option. It's good to target those Aston Villa fixtures, and he has them in 29 and Norwich uh, can still concede some goals. And Leicester are always, there will always be a team that can suddenly score four goals in a game. Mm. So so why not against Norwich or Aston Villa? But um, the, the other option for me would be to transfer in a suboptimal player for game week 28, looking at game week 31 and getting another player in that game week, maybe bringing the inform McNeil. Dwight McNeil. Yeah. yeah. We also got some Watford players, but they face Liverpool. But of course, they can score even though it's Liverpool. And they do have the sneaky option in Mason Mount, which also has great fixtures. Yes, he came back into the team, didn't he? Yeah, and uh, Conte with a slight injury. Mount was playing playing pretty well. He's still cheap. Bournemouth, Everton, Aston Villa. He could be something. Although maybe a bit too punty for me at this point. Yeah, I do like the McNeil one, though. He has had some good stats in his last four. Ten chances created, four big chances, and then he's got the seven shots on goal within his last four as well. So not bad numbers. Obviously, he's got the goal and the assists he got in the last game. Was it the goal and two assists, or was it just a goal and assist? Uh, goal and an assist, right? Yeah, I think so, yeah. So... Um- I will bring one more option in as the last one is from Southampton. Ever since the injury to Redmond, Stuart Armstrong should be nailed. And he had seven shot attempts and five key passes in the last game. He's 5.2, I think. So if you're looking to free up some cash and get some plum fixtures with West Ham, Newcastle and Norwich in the next three, 
Armstrong could be your guy. Yeah, I was literally, just before you said that, I was just about to list his stats because he yeah. some pretty good stats here for the last four game weeks. Like Salah's obviously top for midfielders on 24 attempts, like, you know, absolutely killing it. But then Armstrong's second on 16. Only four in the box, though. Five on target, only one big chance. So, yeah, pretty good numbers there. And, yeah, they've not got bad fixtures either. Uh, but moving back to what we're saying about McNeil is I am kind of thinking about that game week 31 as well and knowing that Burnley do play Watford. That's a guarantee. And I know that Leicester, yeah, if they beat Birmingham in the cup, I think it is, according to Ben Crellin's sheet, they've got an 84% chance of actually blanking that game week. So that more or less cements me into having to do the free hit in game week 31, which I still don't really want to do. I do want to use it on a on a double game week and I was looking towards that double game week 34 which is coming up so there is part of me which wants to do that but then you think are you just making that decision because of those blanks and you know then that ruins the other game weeks for you there there is that question there as well which I'm not quite sure about we we did have some other questions on on Grealish Mark M. Bison uh, Jeff Pedder and King Abu is also asking who are the best replacements etc so yeah, there's quite a few out there. We spoke about a few at the start in terms of Bruno Fernandes, Harvey Barnes and McNeil and even Stretch Armstrong. Yeah, there's quite a few out there. So we're going to move back to form and fixtures then. So Emma from our Slack said, there are some players in form with horrible fixtures, Man United, Everton Attack and others with great fixtures, but poor recent form like Leicester. How do we choose wisely? Abdul, we're going to come back to you on that. What is your thoughts on form versus fixtures? Do you combination of the two? or are you a fixtures-based man, form man? Oh, that's, a, that's a tough question. I mean, I, th- I think I'm a bit of both, but I mean, I think I kind of look at the player sometimes as well. I mean, if you look, for example, if you look at Richarlison, uh, somebody who, who I'm thinking about bringing in, yeah. he seems to be a big game player. He scored this season against Leicester, Liverpool, Chelsea, City and Arsenal. So, I mean, when you look at um, that type of player, um, I, I don't think um, you should really look much at fixtures, but I, I honestly wouldn't have a problem but bringing the Charleston in for those for that set of fixtures that he's cut coming up. But um, for some reason, I wouldn't bring DCL in just because he's he's not as proven and obviously not as good a player as as a Charleston. So I think I'd, I'd look at the, the player as well. I mean, if you're looking at somebody who's on like a short run of form, like um, as Stefan said earlier with, with the Dominic Calvert Lewin, he, he's he is on a run of form. Um, he has had good fixtures. But with the fixtures coming up, I'm not. I wouldn't be confident in him. Him, um, you know, keeping those numbers up. But um, with a Charleston, I would. So, I mean, to answer the question, I, I kind of look at other factors as well, like what kind of, you know, if it's a premium player, you kind of have to ignore fixtures sometimes. But um, when you've got like a, a budget player, um, you know, which uh, which maybe is quite streaky, mm. um, yeah, you would look at it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's fair enough. Stefan, what are your thoughts on the old age question? Yeah, I think it's a tricky one as well. I, I usually let fixtures sway me in one direction when I'm choosing, but it can backfire also. Uh, it's a lot of other factors to count in. How good how good is the team that the player is actually playing for? Going back to my Mope pick when I could have picked Calvert-Lewin, mm-hmm. I was like, well, Mope has the better fixtures, but I've completely forgot that Everton and Ancelotti are a much, much better team and hence Calvert-Lewin can be 
he can he can have tougher fixtures but still do better than uh, similarly priced players yeah i agree i am more like you with the fixtures i do base you know you're always looking for your next transfer and you're always doing the fixture ticker and seeing who's at the top and who's at the bottom for example at the moment just based on fantasy football scouts uh, fixture ticker aston villa's right at the bottom and then who's at the top in the likes of leicester but then they've probably got a blanking game with 31 so yeah there's um i'm normally a fixtures based guy but obviously if you've got other fires and you need to hold on to a player like dominic cavalier and i don't see a problem in it, in it. Right, let's move on to the questions. We've got Ben S from our Slack. So, thoughts on City assets? Hold or sell? Treating KDB separately as most will hold on, I assume. So, Stefan, would you hold on to your City assets? I'm assuming the City assets which he would have, maybe Mares, Guerrero, it's not really anyone else. I mean, like, the ports only just come back. Edison, maybe. Yeah, I think I would have sold everyone but KDB. Or at least you can sell them. There's always a chance of the double gimmick 29. But the last thing I saw was that Ben Krillin himself said that if it wasn't announced before the game week 28 deadline, it was very unlikely to happen. Uh, okay. So that leads me to say, okay, wait until the deadline. We need the lineups for Leicester anyways, and then make your decision. And I think you just have to take a gamble some, somewhere. But I, on KDB, he will have like a ton of double game weeks later on in the season. And since I bought him at 9.5, I don't see how I can sell him because I will want him back. Yep, same with me. So there's also another question here from Infamous underscore FPL saying, who is the best replacement for Aguero? Abdul, who do you think the best replacement for Aguero is? Oh, for Aguero? Um, I mean, it depends. I'd, yeah, I probably still have to say Vardy. I mean, I know he's, I mean, I've kept him through his kind of long streak of blunt and it's been really frustrating on him. But he is a top player. They're, they're playing, and he plays for the top team. So I think. I mean, and his next like five, six fixtures are are awesome. Um, so I'd, I'd probably still say Vardy, followed by Jimenez. Um, so obviously it doesn't blank either. But um, yeah, I mean, as I said, with with I mean, with the uh, strikers this season, it's just been like kind of budget strikers, kind of ruling the roost. Really, I mean, if you're looking for the best replacement, um, I, I would if I had Aguero, I'd probably go Vardy. Uh, you know, despite despite his form. Yeah, I think I agree. But if you've already got Vardy, then you've got a, a trickier choice. Ordinarily, you would look at Aubameyang maybe, but he's not got a, a fixture, obviously, in the next game week. It's whether or not you've got two transfers or whether or not you want to bring in a, a better midfielder. Mane seems to be on fire now, so if you're able to move Aguero out and bring in Mane instead, then that's a possibility. It all depends on your team, I suppose. Going to move on to the next question then. So Emma is saying, so many interesting forces forwards emerging which combination most excites you for the next few weeks abdul which combination would you ideally want at the moment uh, for the next few i think um oh that's a tough one um i mean i'd, I'd say jimenez definitely sh- should be there jimenez, i mean for me probably jimenez and vardy uh, would be the top two probably followed by i mean things next three are good as you, as you said, Aubameyang's there as well. I mean, if you mm. just take out the blank, um, I mean, his his run is, is awesome as well. 
Um, and it just really depends who you can afford. But I'd say, for me, that I mean, just due to obviously him and his, just due to you know, obviously Leicester and Wills having a fixture in game week twenty eight, Vardy and him and his have got to be the top two. And then the kind of third spot, um, it really depends on on who you can afford, really. But yeah, I'd, I'd say Ings is a good shout, you know, because obviously if you've got if you've got Vardy and Jimenez, and you you probably obviously people people are going to have some De Bruyne, so pushing up to Aubameyang is going to be quite tough. So yeah, I'd I'd, I'd say out of those out of those really, I mean, no, no, nobody else really appeals. Yeah, uh, Stefan, I completely agree with Abdul. <laughs> same, same guys. Nice and nice and easy for you. I think I would as well at the moment. It's, you know, Vardy. Do, I do see a lot of points on him. Ideally, I, I would. You know, I'm hanging on to Aubameyang. I think just because he's got West Ham, Brighton, Southampton, Norwich, Wolves after this blank game week, and yeah, I can kind of do other stuff with my other players. He would excite me as well. So at the moment, my front line actually does excite me with Aubameyang, Ings, and Jimenez. But I would say that. Right, so gonna move on. Oh, I've not got the page up. So next question is from Mark at M Bison Twenty Two, saying who is the best Leicester midfielder out of Barnes, Perez, and Madison? So quick answer for this one, Stefan. Who is the best Ma- out of those three? <laughs> Madison. You think Madison and Abdul? Um, <laughs> I'm gonna go Barnes. <laughs> You're gonna go Barnes. Well, to be totally different, if Perez was to start every game, I would say Perez, but. He doesn't, so I would agree with Stefan and say Madison on that one. Okay, next question is Andrew K. Uh, saying at, at a Kingy eighty is saying Ben Foster owner. Considering wildcard uh, the following week, do I keep or twist this week? He's, he has a full team as long as Rico plays. So would you wildcard or do you get rid of Ben Foster? I think I'll just hold on to Ben Foster if you've got other other fires, but I wouldn't say Rico definitely plays either. So I'd, I'd probably rather remove Rico than remove Foster. Thoughts, uh, Abdul? Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, you're looking at Foster, who's definitely going to play uh, against yeah. Rico, who probably won't. Then yeah, definitely yeah. remove Rico. Now, Stefan. Yeah, you never know what what's going to happen with the keepers. I think Pope has l- taught me that lesson yeah. last last few weeks. So yeah. just just let him play Foster. He can Const- do well. Constantly returning Pope now, which is absolutely typical as everyone takes him out. Well, we're g- going to ask some uh, quick ones here. So FPL Clown is just saying Yotta or Dominic Calvert-Lewin. So Stefan, which out of the two? Calvert-Lewin. And Abdul? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think I do as well. And with good fixtures coming up and a possible double game week around the corner, is Reese James worth considering? That's from James Quiralt. So what do you reckon, Stefan? Jane, uh, Reese James? Yeah, he's someone I'm watching closely. And as long as he gets those starts, which it looks like uh, it looks like he's getting those now, I think he is good value and he has a good cross in him. And as long as Chelsea can keep some clean sheets... Which they might do. I think he's an okay punt. Great yeah, fixtures. They do have some good fixtures, don't they? Yeah. It's tempting. You say he's got good crosses over the last four, only three chances created though, so not that attacking. Is it worth it for five mil? I think it doesn't have he doesn't have plenty of crosses, but the one he crosses is good. <laughs> yeah. Um Abdul, thoughts on Reese James? Uh, yeah, Reese James. I mean, yeah, he's, I mean, seems to be a really good player, and he's kind of coming through getting starts now. But 
I'm not sure if I kind of trust in the long term, really trust him, really. I mean, we saw what happened with, with Tomori. Uh, he started off great. Yeah. Everyone bumped in and then kind of got, you know, benched after a, f- a few performances. And that five million, no, how, no, sorry, how, how much? Yeah, five million, mil, yeah. Yeah, five million, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, I think there's better, definitely better options at that price and less when it comes to James, yeah. Yeah, I fully agree with you there. Like, you know, Lampard changed his team this week. He made four changes in Giroud, Alonso, Barkley and Mount. So maybe he's going to do it again. Like you say, with Tomori, he could move him out. It's just too risky. For five mil, you probably... Yeah, also, they might not play in that game week 31. You know, the likes of even Tarkovsky could be a better option at 5.1 mil. So I would stay away if it was me okay that's it for the question sorry if we've missed your question this week uh, I'm dying for a piss so I'm going to go for the Iceman's piss break me too yeah alright be right back Okay, and welcome back from the Iceman's Piss Break. We've got partner chat now. Uh, Mikhail Topfam's algorithm this week it is suggesting that because I've got two free transfers, it is looking at Harvey Barnes as a replacement for Grealish and whether or not I'm going to be free hitting in game week 31 depends on the FA Cup results. But I've got the possibility to change my plans if needed. But... I don't know if I'm going to be doing that or not. Still indecisive on that one. But if you want to hear more from Mikhail, it's uh, patreon.com forward slash transfer algorithm for just $1.50 per month. And it is a lot of really good information on there. I really recommend it. We are also partnered with Fancy Football Hub and have been given an exclusive sign-up offer code of surgery10. So if you go to Fancy Football Hub, you can sign up there for 10% off. And we are also partnered with FPL Doodles on Twitter which again I haven't sent in the list so I'm literally going to do that now as I speak okay Traptains, transfers and captains. And we're also going to include in this now new little feature introduced in this section is the choice on the best captain as well. So we'll just give our opinion on who do you think the best captain is as well. Stefan, who are your transfers and captains for this week and your best captain? Uh, well, my captain and the best captain is Salah, I think. He, he, he beats Vardy for me this game week. I own both, but I will captain Salah. Uh, transfers, I have two options, basically. The one is to switch Grealish out for Barnes and look for a short-term gain. Or I can look to bring in, say, a guy like McNeil and look towards game week 31. I think I will do the short-term a short-sighted move with Barnes and still look to maybe play that free hit in 31. Okay. I'm so far leaning small uh, 55% chance of me playing the free hit in 31 at this point. 55? <laughs> yeah. Very precise. I like it. Okay. Uh, so your captain's definitely Salah and best choice uh, is Salah. So Abdul, what are your thoughts on uh, traptains, transfers and captains? Yeah, so I'm, I'm, as I said earlier, I'm quite undecided at the moment uh, with the transfers. Um, I'm looking at, like, obviously, Barnes 
replacement for Grealish. I'm also looking to maybe doing uh, De Bruyne to, to Fernandez or more likely Richarlison. So I think right now I'm, I'm leaning more towards Grealish to Barnes and then moving out Kelly to Sice and uh, keeping KDB. Um, it's just a fact that I, I know I'm going to want KDB back soon. I got him at 9.8, um, so I'm going to lose quite a bit on him. Um, I mean, I wouldn't be taking price into consideration too much if I, if I wasn't thinking of bringing him back quite soon, So, which I obviously am. So I'm probably looking at uh, right now, I'd say about 58% chance I'll go Grealish to Barnes and Kelly to Sice. Okay, and what's your strategy at the moment in terms of chips and where are you going to play that free hit? Are you thinking about that when you're bringing in Barnes like we are? Yeah. More than likely play my, uh, a free hit in 31. If Liverpool end up having a fixture then, maybe another big team, then I might not. But I think um, odds on, it definitely looks like I'll be able to play my free hit in 31. Um, yeah, because I've still got my bench boost and um, as well. So... I don't know. I mean, like, if I had the choice, I would, I would prefer like to play my free hit chip in the double game week. But um, I don't think that's likely with, with 31 and the teams that are going to be missing out. So, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely in towards a free hit 31 at the moment. Okay, yeah, fair enough. And uh, what is your choice on the best captain this game week? Uh, I have to, have to say Salah. Salah or Mane, uh, depending on who you've got. But, um, yeah, one of them too. Yeah, and I agree. I do think the best choice is Salah, and he will be my captain again this week. And I think I'm leaning towards the McNeil shout. I am looking at moving Grealish. I think I've I finally accepted that he can't get points in every single game that he plays. And they do have tough fixtures, even towards the end of the season. Aston Villa, they just can't carry them every game. So I think that moving him out now for this game to give myself at least 11 players is going to be the choice. I'm also looking at Taylor for bringing him in for either Kelly or Rico. So I'm thinking about that as a defensive move. He doesn't get that many attacking returns, but plays for Burnley, who seem to be keeping random clean sheets, even though the last game they were quite lucky. But yeah, those are my choices currently. Well, I'm going to talk about the FPL Surgery Patreon League then. So we actually missed out on the winner of January. So Jonathan Erez, so well done to him, and Jason Rosnick. They both finished on 293 points for the month of January. So if you guys send me your address, I will send you some merch and your prizes. And now going to move on to the FPL Podcast Public League, Stefan. Yes, in 10th place we have Alex Nilsson, 9th is Sune Olsen, 8th Daniel Harris, Lars, 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 Lars Jürgen Badsen is another Norwegian, 7th. We have a tie for 5th between Kartnik Mahendra and Richard Ndlovu. That's a tough one, that's always a tough one. 4th, Riz Moffat, and 3rd, Taylor Edbakke, 2nd, Luko Truman, and in 1st place, with 64 points this game week, it's Luke Burgess. Luke Burgess. Well yeah. done to him. He stayed up there for the second week running, I think. Yep. Yeah. Well done to him. If you want to join that league, the code is CCCJK2. Okay. Guess top three picks this week and top three differentials. So, Abdul, who are your top three players for this game week? Um, I'm going to go with Vardy, Salah, and Richarlison. Richarlison as well? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. Top three differentials? 
Um, a top two differentials, I'm going to go for uh, Puki. I think he's good goal. I mean, he's he's been kind of churning out the goals. Left and haven't been too, you know, too good lately. So I think he might grab one. Um, Armstrong and Perez. Oh, Perez, yeah, and Armstrong, yeah, good shouts, like those shouts. I do think that with Perez, there's potential for him to explode, but you just never know when that's going to happen again. He might just score a hat trick randomly. So yeah, I like that shout. But I was looking at his goal. He's got four double digit hauls this season, and like. Massive ones, you know. I mean, he's got the twenty pointer, he's got a fifteen pointer, and a thirteen pointer. Um, so yeah, as you're saying, like he has got that potential to just totally get a huge, huge hug. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, gonna move on to feedback box then. So, Fancy Football Hub, one of our partners at FFH underscore HQ, has put uh, another great podcast from the FPL Surgery Lads featuring Davy, who finished twenty second overall last season. So, Abdul, do you think that you're going to come into the top 100 at some point? You've got a great record finishing in the top 1,000 four times. You're looking at progressing more this year, do you reckon? I think um got probably no chance of that. No, <laughs> no chance. <laughs> Staying positive. I mean, I'm, I'm right now. Uh, I mean, at the start of the season, my, my aim is top 1,000. Um, I always try and get that uh, top 1,000, but um, I think kind of realistically looking at it now, I'm around about 50, I think 50 odd points away from top 10k, so that's my aim at the moment. Well, good luck. Wish you all the best of luck with that. We've got uh, no Alexis Artifacts this week. He's not had time to do it, I'm afraid. But we have got a question here from Helmo from our Slack channel. We haven't had a Helmo food question for a while. So inspired by Emma's reference to City's kit looking like a peach Melba, what is your favourite yoghurt? Now, Stefan, what's your favourite yoghurt? I'm going to go with a Greek yogurt, maybe vanilla flavored or something. Maybe vanilla flavored or something. Yeah, I'm not sure all the flavors. Some lemon, lemon van- vanilla. That oh, sounds okay. good. Yeah, okay. Abdul? Um, mine, is, mine is peach melba. I mean, that's always been my favorite. I don't think, um, I think any other answer is the wrong answer, really. <laughs> I'm, g- I'm going to cheat here a little bit and I'm going to say a, a crunch corner where you can mix in the vanilla balls of the vanilla yogurt I really do like that one that's probably my favourite but he didn't he didn't say exclude that but yeah I would love a, a crunch corner okay that brings us to the end of the podcast now so thank you to Abdul aka FPL Salah where can people find you on Twitter Abdul yeah, just on um, my handle is FPL Salah one FPL wise, that's where I'm active the most, ninety nine percent of the time. So yeah, if you wanna, you know, kind of follow or ask any questions, and that's where to reach me. Yeah, definitely. And you are a uh, also a partner of Fancy Football Hub as well, I believe. I am. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm a contributor for for Fancy Football Hub. Write articles. Yeah, so I'm just saying. Also, I've um, I've got my um, my blank gaming thirty one article, which is the most recent one I've done. So yeah, you can you can check that out. And uh, yeah, um, I, I write for Fancy Football Hub um, quite a bit. Like you know, really recently it's been quite a few times I've written for them. I'm, I used to have a weekly column there for um, you know my clean sheet and and goal scorer odds, but um, just kind of due to work commitments, I've not been able to keep them up. But if you wanna if you wanna find out more from Abdul, go to fantasyfootballhub.co.uk or follow him on Twitter. He's got some great stuff to read there. Okay, and uh, if you enjoyed this podcast and would like to support us, you can go to patreon.com forward slash fplsurgery. 
please join the podcast league the code is cccjk2 check out our website fplsurgery.com you can find us on facebook soundcloud reddit and twitter at fplsurgery subscribe on itunes and please remember to rate the podcast you can also email me at info at fplsurgery.com so good luck in your game weeks listeners and stefan up the pod up the pod Stop the pod. Hey. Hey. <laughs> Didn't so have to prompt, prompt you. <laughs> nice. Okay, good. Nice pod. Great pod, guys. Thank you. FPL Sexy with Sexy Thoughts. Sexy Thoughts this week is dedicated to taking time out and having a break from the things that you love sometimes just to refresh and appreciate how much you do like things when you don't have them. I've done this with FPL. It's starting to affect me. I get a bad score or someone a score that I didn't have and it upset my mood for the weekend with the kids or with the family and it just makes me a bit grumpy. And it's damn silly. It's a game and a game should be fun. So I took time out. Didn't really get into football much. Much sport at all, but I'm back. I've had a break. I'm refreshed. I loved it. It's so good. So if there's something that you love but you're not enjoying it as much as you should be or as much as you know you can, take a break. Have a little bit of time out. Disconnect. It's the best. Get back in. <laughs> nice. Thank you, Sexy. <laughs>